Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. where the heart and soul of ACB shines. I'm Cindy, and I'm really glad that you decided to stop by Mainstream and join us. And tonight, I am so delighted to have four special people joining me at my virtual table. So we welcome from ACB Radio, Jason Castonguay. From the Board of Publications, Zelda Gebhardt. From the ACB Board, Sarah Conrad. And... One of my co-workers, staff on ACB, Clark Rockfall. So thanks, you guys, for being here with me. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much, Cindy. All right. Let's just jump in. So uh, let's see. We're going to start with you, Clark, since I introduced you last. Where were you born and where do you currently live? Yeah, so I'm originally from Annapolis, Maryland. And I made it all the way to Alexandria, Virginia. Um, so Annapolis is about 30, 40 minutes, uh, basically due east of Washington, D.C. And Alexandria is just across the Potomac River from Washington, D.C. and Virginia. Okay. All right. So neighboring uh, communities pretty much. Um, all right. Sarah, how about you? Where were you born? Where do you live? Yeah, I was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan, grew up in southwestern Michigan, right on the lake, um, Lake Michigan, right across the lake from Chicago, little farm town, and now I live in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. How about you, Jason? I was raised in Bristol, Connecticut, and I am now living in Manchester, Connecticut, which is about 40 minutes away. Okay. Uh, east, east Connecticut. All right. And how about you, Zelda? Well, I was born in Kansas. And um, we moved to North Dakota when I was three, Uh, grew up on a ranch there in western North Dakota, Um, went to college in South Dakota, met a South Dakota guy, and lived there for 19 years, and now we're back in North Dakota. All right. It's interesting. None of you moved way far away. Last last, uh, couple weeks ago when I interviewed people, everybody no one lived anywhere near where they were born. It was very interesting. All right. Cindy, and I think you win. I win for going yeah. the furthest. Yeah, kind of. I was, well, and I was born in California. And then I, you know, spent the majority of my life in uh, Washington. And now I'm in Minnesota. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Sarah, what is your eye condition? So uh, my visual impairment is from cancer. Um, It's an optic glioma in my optic nerves. I was diagnosed when I was just a baby, 13 months old. Um, So yeah, I am totally blind in my right eye. Um, I have 2200 vision in my left eye, but it's a small tunnel vision, about seven degrees of vision. Got it. So through school, you were a low vision kid? Yep, legally blind. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. So I had all the... All the normal services. I learned Braille, but I also learned to read large print. Awesome. Fabulous. All right. How about you, Jason? I am blind due to retinopathy of prematurity, although they had a much more interesting name when I was a kid. They called it retrolentofibroplasia. 
Oh wow, that's a mouthful. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so for some, they they shortened it apparently, and so uh, there was a certain age where I started hearing ROP or retinopathy of prematurity. Sure. Yeah. All right. And how about you, Zelda? Well, I have Stargardt's only. I'm, I'm kind of like Jason. They used to call it Fundus Flavia Maculatus, and I actually know how to spell that even. <laughs> it, it, it's a genetic um, dystrophy um, that is uh, a dystrophy of the retina. And so it's something I was born with, but uh, something that has just gradually uh, decreased my vision at, um, little by little as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Clark? Uh, similar to Zelda, but altogether different. Uh, Lieber's congenital amaurosis, which All I was... these big medical names, right? Right. <laughs> LCA. Um, growing up, the doctors had no idea what I had, whether it was cone rod dystrophy, macular degeneration, RP. Uh, and it wasn't until being blood tested under the dome light of a Chevy Tahoe in Iowa by the university of iowa that they did a a dna test and figured out that it was a gene mutation from lca wow Mm. and so uh all of you are and and i'm sorry are you all like working as low um low vision folks or are any of you braille users i know that you learned you're a braille user jason yes yeah Okay. And Sarah, you learned Braille, Clark or Zelda? Did you guys learn Braille at all? Or I wish. Yes. I wish. You wish? You wish. <laughs> I, I learned enough. Spanish, right? You know, I yeah. wish I'd learned. <laughs> I learned enough to, to continue playing cards with my grandma. Oh, there you go. All right. That's an important thing to be able to do. It's one of my favorite things to do with my mm-hmm. granddaughters, play cards, actually. All right. And, uh, Let's see. Mm, Zelda, why don't you start us off? I'm mm-hmm. curious, um, what, what is your mobility aid of choice? Do you use a cane? Do you, what, what kind of mobility aids do you use to get around? I'm going to be kind of squirrely and say that I'd, I'd like to uh, have the arm of a handsome man. But... <laughs> well, I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah. And I'm okay with that, too. I've, I've been married to the same <laughs> handsome man for the last 43 years, so... I, I like to be at his arm, but when I'm not, I, I use my white cane. Okay. How about yeah. you? How about you, Sarah? Yeah. So when I'm not, you know, using my handsome man's arm as well, which um, <laughs> is pretty great, I'll admit. Uh, I have um, a beautiful guide dog uh, from the Seeing Eye. Her name is Renee. She's a golden retriever, and she's definitely my uh, mo- mobility aid of choice. No offense to my fiance, but she's she's cuter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And how about you, Clark? Well, I don't think I can say Tulane Stanley. No, um, you can't. So I no. will say my my white cane, Microsoft Soundscape on my phone, and if I am on a hiking trail, then um, my seventy five pound American Bulldog. But she is mm. definitely a pet. She is untrained and an ill-mannered beast but on trail she (laughs) flows like water and she helps me counterbalance if i get off balance all right very good well you know everybody's got their sides and yeah that's good yeah and jason 
I use a white cane, and I have a little charm on my cane from, uh, I picked it up at convention because so many canes looked like mine, and I even uh, exchanged canes at convention one time, and uh, for a year had someone else's cane. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard people doing that with a dog. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Not for a year. (laughs) Not for a year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, so what is your charm? Um, it is a star that has the, the, the word star in Braille on it. And so I get to kind of show people who mm-hmm. notice the Braille. Um, and I got it from Laura Legendary when she was at convention. And you get to remind yourself every day that you are a star. That's what she That's- said. <laughs> I always tell people that Zoom thinks we all have big egos because they always put us at the top of our own list, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm curious of how you first learned about ACB and uh, Sarah. Sure. Um, I first learned about ACB when I was applying for college scholarships. Um, so uh, I was a senior in high school, or may- probably closer to my junior year. I I made it my full-time job my junior year of high school to um, research scholarships in hopes that I could pay for college. And, and I did. I ended up paying for private school um, by making up my full-time job, and ACB happened to be one of those. And so I came to my first convention uh, in Orlando in 2009. Um, it was my first time traveling on my own, and it was fantastic. And by the end of the week, I was already secretary of the student group. So everyone was me at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. How about you, Clark? Well, again, growing up in Annapolis, Maryland, about 30 minutes south of Baltimore, I did not grow up knowing about ACB. Um, it wasn't until I was interning and then working for Verizon Communications and Public Policy that I got to know Eric at ECB through being a Verizon stakeholder, uh, and especially during the work that ACB and others were doing on the 21st Century Communications Video Accessibility Act, which in a matter of weeks will be Mm -hmm. celebrating its 10th anniversary. Yes. Yes, sir. And we do plan some events around that. Yeah. That's great. All right. And Jason? Well, I first heard about ACB from my friend Christy when I was probably 14 or 15, maybe a little earlier, but then um, it kind of lingered there for a little while, and then a couple of other friends mentioned ACB and some of the things they were involved in, and then my first convention was in 2000 in Louisville, Kentucky, and boy, did I have a great time. I just haven't been able to pull myself away. (laughs) Yay, I was at that one. We didn't even run into each other. Wow, amazing. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that crazy? (laughs) I know. How about you, Zelda? Uh, Well, I I found out when I was attending my very first state uh, rehabilitation council meeting, um, one July in in 2003, um, I was talking to a lady and she says, oh, you've got to come to camp. And I'm going, camp? What's that? Well, North Dakota Association of the Blind has an adult summer summer camp in August and I went to camp and I promptly signed up to become a member of NDAB and of course then became a member of ACB and awesome uh, well through that, camp that's how it started that's, that's a unique a, one that's yeah a, I, I mean how many people say that right. all right <laughs> that's awesome 
So Zelda, I'm going to stay with you. Mm -hmm. Outside of ACB, what is your greatest passion? Oh, I like to do lots of things. My husband would say right now, I I hardly do anything that doesn't have to do with NDAB or ACB (laughs) or CCLVI or whatever. But um, I would have to say my greatest passion is my family. Uh, We've been blessed with four sons and they're all married and blessing us with grandchildren. We have 10 grandchildren and uh, another one on the way coming in March. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. And I love to cook for them and with them. They're all getting old enough, or or most of them now are old enough to to cook with grandma. And um, we enjoy camping together, fishing, gardening. Um, And during the long winters that we have here in North Dakota, I enjoy making quilts. So, oh wow, some of the things that I like to do. Wonderful. How about you, Jason? I find that um, I thought I could get away with it, uh, or away from it. But uh, music and creativity is a definite passion of mine. Um, When I got involved uh, in in January with my job at ACB, I thought, um, well, um, this. This gives me this break from music that I thought I wanted, and I find that I I've really gotten to miss it. And so I will um, I I've been taking a little more time when I can to to get back to the just the the freedom of the expression on the piano. And um, I also started playing the harp a couple of years ago, so that's been uh, well very different from the piano, even though it's a bunch of strings that are upright like a piano. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and it's so uh, beautiful. I love the sound of the harp. Yeah, it is a beautiful sounding instrument. And I also love, um, uh, you know, I, I do daily meditation if I can. Sometimes I don't get to do it. Um, <laughs> I can imagine that's pretty easily understood that in today's fast paced things, sometimes meditation takes a little corner somewhere. You have to kind of eke it in there somehow but um uh i love the outdoors and nature too so all right how about you sarah yeah um so i'd have to echo um family for sure i'm very close with my family even though none of them live here in madison um my i always say my grandmother's my best friend and it's it's true um Mm. so i'm just very very close with family and i um i was thinking about the passion that my my family instills in me and that is for music. Um, my mother is a choir director and my aunt and uncle are band directors. I had them all as teachers, uh, <laughs> which was interesting, but, um, just a love of, of music and, mm. um, and, um, certainly deep faith. And I think, um, I just, I value those, um, more and more, especially, um, as, um, as I'm, I'm getting married and as, you know, I think family of my own, I, I, I value those things and, and really want to, um, keep those, um, very central in my life. Awesome. How about you, Clark? Um, I think my passion is anything outdoors, especially if that can be with friends and family. Um, but hiking, anything on the water, swimming, paddling. Uh, I know Zelda mentioned camping and gardening. Those are certainly things near and dear to our hearts as well. Okay. Thank you. All right, I'm going to just switch this up just a little and just go for something just because, just something fun. And Sarah, what's your favorite movie of all time? This is such a hard question. Um, you know, I have to go with The Holiday, and, and a lot of people haven't seen it. Um, it's uh, it, it stars a lot of 
really popular actors um, like Jude Law and um, Kate Winslet, people like that. But it's um, it's a movie. It's all about gumption and it's all about the message is, is about being the leading lady in your own life. And it has some of the best monologues I've ever heard. Um, and so, and it, it's, it's definitely surrounding the holidays, but it's not holiday specific. Um, and it's just one of those movies I like to go to whenever I need to feel a little more empowered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, how about you, Jason? Well, this probably won't surprise anyone, but <laughs> my favorite movie is The Sound of Music. <laughs> Mine too! That is mine! I'll share it with you. I'll share okay. it with you. Like, oh, that sounds good. I got their, their <sighs> 40th anniversary edition. Um, I think it was around like 2004, and it was just so cool to have all these behind-the-scenes peeks at characters and some of the things they got into when they were, you know, when they were in the making of that movie and mm-hmm. uh, oh i just i just love that movie it's, mm-hmm. it's very i sweet. remember the first time watching it with audio description Ooh. i just it was so amazing like uh anyway uh, wow i don't think uh, i've uh, ever uh, seen it with audio description really i need to, I need to check that oh, out oh seriously so good i mean i have it on vhs but it <laughs> yeah let's talk well, Definitely. We've got to figure that one out. Okay. All right. It's it's pretty great. All right. How about you, Clark? I I have problems like this. I operate in shades of gray, and I have favorite movies for favorite times of day, times of year, emotions. Sure. Um, so Muppets I'm, Christmas Carol. I'm not Carol. way with music, you know. So that's. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Muppets Christmas Carol is hands down my favorite Christmas movie. Okay. Uh, followed by It's a Wonderful Life, uh, but mm-hmm. movies like The The Departed, Goodfellas Casino, you know, all the the mobster type movies, bad action movies, especially if there's an exploding helicopter. <laughs> um, so things like Shaft with Samuel L. Jackson, Bad Boys. Uh, you know, it just goes on and on. Anything from 1994, the greatest movie year of all time, uh, or, uh, you know, Apollo 13, Jurassic Park, and I just saw Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time with audio description. So that oh. went from being one of my favorite movies to a phenomenal movie. Gotcha. It does make wow. such a difference, doesn't it? There's All right. So much visually. That's... Okay, you're done. No, just kidding. <laughs> no. Dang, it. Dang it! I'll see myself. Out. <laughs> he, he's like a whole cinema or something. Like this right. is like not just a theater. You know, it's like at no single theater for Clark. It's you got to go to the Plex, a multiplex or something and choose all his movies. Okay, Zelda, how about you? Well, I want to thank Clark because I couldn't just pick out one movie either. So <laughs> He's opened I, that door. See? Now I have permission to say a few more. Um, the first one that came to my mind was Gone with the Wind. And mm-hmm. I actually, one of our sons is, is um, named Clark, but not after Clark. <laughs> um he he's made it named after a grandfather but uh gone with the wind uh, i love it um dances with wolves i love the um the big you know the big music the orchestra music uh and all the scenery that's the scenery we see every day here in the dakotas Mm. and don't really think of it you know we just kind of take it for granted you know all the beauty Mm -hmm. all the green and all of that the beautiful skies and um 
So, yeah, I like Dances with Wolves. And then Titanic's got to rate right up there, too. I, I love that movie. All right. Very Even good. though it doesn't have a happy ending, and I like happy endings. but <laughs> um, Me, too. <laughs> All right, Clark, see if this one's a little easier for you. What is the first album you remember purchasing for yourself? See, also, this is a four-part answer. No, it is not. It's <laughs> one album. <laughs> so the, the first album I received was Dave Matthews' band, Under the Table and Dreaming. Okay, um, but which one did you purchase for yourself? One of the first that I purchased was Nirvana MTV Unplugged, but I don't think that counts because I went from having it on cassette to having it on CD. So it would probably be a toss-up between ACDC Live and Pearl Jam Live on Two Legs. Okay, are you always this difficult? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I knew that. Okay. Sarah. <laughs> No, I'm going to be difficult because I seriously don't know. Um, you know, I, I've always been gifted music because that's what I always ask for for everything. So um, I, I do remember the first CD I was ever gifted. Um, and that was okay. um, when I was in, I think, third grade. And it was a Point of Grace CD, a, a Christian group that oh, I remember they my even exist anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do remember that, and I remember listening. I got a, a you know Walkman a CD player for the first time, and that was that was a big deal. But I honestly don't remember. You know, I used to go to this uh, this local Christian bookstore with my mom. She was our church choir director, and so you know, I, I would look at all the CDs. But I, I think. I, I think I was just always gifted them growing up. So I, I don't okay. even there. <laughs> All right. How about you, Zelda? Well, I'm the youngest of four and I had two older sisters. And so I, I either had to, or got to, I'm not sure which listen to the music they were listening to. And so I don't remember buying an album until um, later on, you know, cause they listened to a lot of like, Patula Clark and you know those that era and um, I think the first music that I bought and I'm not even sure what even form it was in was a B.J. Thomas I just thought he was just cool uh, you know the raindrops falling, <laughs> raindrops on, your keep head. falling on my head yep. yeah one of many mm-hmm. and later on I got to see a show a live show with him and and my husband just whispered to me he says it's a good thing you don't see so well because he's not looking so good <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But I still love to listen to him. He's got that smooth, mellow tone. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. How about you, Jason? Well, Sarah opened the door to gift. So um, my first CD player was a gift. And with it, I received uh, the album uh, from Bette Midler called Some People's Lives. It had From a Distance on it. But that was nice. And then my first actual album that I that I bought and I was very proud to buy was at the time Mariah Carey was very popular. And it was her first album called Vision of Love, I believe mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. album title. And I was just totally impressed with her voice and how well she um controlled it and sang and and all that awesome so jason what was the last concert uh or live show you you attended oh i was trying to i was looking at the questions and i was trying to think real hard about that one as if it's a concert you're thinking of or a live show or a live show so you know it could be Um, a 
um, okay. play or musical? Or? Yeah, if it was a live show, I'm thinking would be a community theater um, musical, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, which was like mm-hmm. maybe a, a year or two ago. And that was so much fun. The community theater can be just a really neat way for everyone yeah. to get involved. And, um, and, and since I'm thinking of concerts, too, though, um, I did go to a smooth jazz concert by the group Foreplay, which was really um, awesome. It was like one of my first big venue concerts. Uh, and that okay. was quite a while back. How about you, Zelda? It well, wasn't BJ have... Thomas, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> That's been a long time ago. <laughs> no, a few years ago, we, we went to see our youngest son and his wife while they were living in um, Tennessee, and we went to the Grand Old Opry. And, um, oh, really, you lucky dog. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I'd go back there anytime because it was, it was just such a, a great variety. And I, me and music, I love variety. Um, one day I want to listen to blues and, and another day, you know, it's pop. And, you know, I just like to listen to it all. So, Okay. How about you, Clark? So for me, it was, it's been live theater. I've been mm-hmm. trying to take advantage of the live theater with audio description in the Washington, in Washington, D.C. Um, so the last one was Newsies at the Arena Stage Theater in the Round. And before that, it was um, Aladdin at the Kennedy Center. Mm. All right. Very good. Well, none of us have been going to anything re- too recent, have we? Not too <laughs> recent. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Zelda. Uh, if you could spend the day with any fictional character, who would it be? Well, I have two, and they're and they're vastly different. That's okay. Um, Popeye was my my first love. Okay, and... I sure didn't see that one coming. <laughs> you no. didn't, did you? <laughs> I used to uh, cry when he got all beat up, and uh, but yeah, he was he was my hero when I was when I was an itty bitty lass. Okay. And, <laughs> And then the other one, just because she was just the funniest person ever, was Lucy Ricardo, and I love Lucy. I oh, I would gosh, love to spend awesome. a day with her because I think it would just be a riot. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. I love it. How about you, Sarah? Hmm. You know, um, I I guess in terms of fictional characters, I love theater characters. Um, my favorite show is Wicked, and I think I would want to spend a day with. Alphaba, um, because she's the advocate. She's the one who um, is always, um, maybe not always successful, but she's, um, you know, she wants to be a voice for other people. So I think I would want to spend a day with her. And, you know, riding a flying monkey for a day would be pretty sweet, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not, right? Why, why not? not? <laughs> All right, Clark? The first character that came to mind was Mark Twain, but he's Somehow not fictional, but I think he would be amazing to spend a day with. Uh, after that, guess you about, are always difficult. I know. Then I thought about Gandalf uh, from Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, oh, yeah. but I thought that I'd get tired because he's always dashing around and doing something, um, spe- spreading himself very thin. So I'm going to settle on Jack Sparrow going back to Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, you never know what you'd be getting yourself into. Okay. <laughs> All right. And Jason. Well, let's see. I would 
I, I only recently discovered the joys of the boxcar children. <laughs> Believe it oh, or not. Oh, I love those. I love them. Those are the, the best books of all time. Oh, man. I just, it's amazing. And, and I know they're, you know, there's always a gentle way in which they figure things out. And I just love the whole family. I want to spend a day with the family. All right. I love it. Um, let's see. What? Why don't we just jump into a little bit more about what you do in your role with ACB and uh, I think we'll start with Zelda um, again Zelda I know you you are kind of wearing two hats right because you're president of an affiliate and you are on the board of publications so why don't you tell us a little bit about both of them and yeah yeah well be- between those two roles, um, you know, I'm serving on my second term as president of NDAB, and I got an extra bonus year to do the things that I had wanted to accomplish but hadn't gotten done yet. Um, everything's in high gear to try and accomplish things, and then everything has now changed. Um, there's that, and then my new role, or I, I view it as rather new, even though yes. I've been at it for a year, yeah. is is being on the board of publications, and just kind of um, figuring everything out. I find it very interesting to see what all goes on behind the scenes that I was not aware of before. Um, I think that's a lot of fun to be a part of that team, um, and I also um, serve on the CCLVI board. So I'm also a part of a, a special interest affiliate, too. So it's kind of hard for me to keep track of which hat I'm wearing and, and um, you know, try and, and juggle um, the, the tasks that need to be done. I think the biggest challenge I have is, is trying to find enough time to do everything that I, I want to do and should be done because um, there's always more to do. And, and what in... You alluded to the your greatest challenge. What about what is the greatest joy you have in whichever of those roles? I think it would be the people. No matter where I'm at and what I'm doing, it's the people. Um, the opportunity of, I've had to to meet new people, people from um, places I've never been, um, backgrounds that I could not imagine. And meeting them, getting to know them, and learning from them, um, rubbing shoulders with them, and and just um, broadening my horizons a bit by doing that. Okay. That's the joy. And Clark, how about for you? What? How would you describe your role in ACB? So your job title? Why don't you sure. give that? Yeah. So as ACB's <laughs> Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, my role is to lead ACB's um, legislative and regulatory public policy efforts with the federal government, as well as ACB's grassroots advocacy efforts. Um, so what does that mean? That means uh, assisting Congress with legislation and policies that impact Uh, people who are blind, low vision, the disability rights as a whole. Uh, And same with the regulatory agencies, whether that's the Department of Transportation or the Federal Communications Commission, helping them uh, put in place rules that uh, positively impact our community so that folks have, (laughs) so that folks can 
uh, strive for increased independence, security, equal opportunity, and quality of life, uh, as our mission statement says. Mm-hmm. And dealing with the, uh, you know, the ACB committees, I'm also the staff liaison for the Advocacy Steering Committee. I work very closely with Claire Stanley, who is the staff liaison for the ERPS Information Referral and Peer Support. So we do the weekly podcast of the Advocacy Update. And if folks have any individual advocacy issues, they can always email us at advocacy at acb.org. I'd say that the one downside of the, the job or the role is that there are a lot of people that face a lot of inequities um, due to their vision loss. Um, so sometimes it can be a downer when there's not a clear forward path to help everyone, but the certainly the highlights of the roles or the role is when we get those those wins, right? We are able to make a, a difference for individuals or for the case of accessible voting here this year um, to make mm-hmm. a really big difference and have a big impact um, so that folks across the country in many states uh, can participate uh, you know, with their full civil rights in the democratic process. All right. Very good. How about you, Sarah? Sure. So I'm on the ACB national board. Um, I, I did my full eight years and I'm on an extra uh, one year here. So my ninth year um, because of COVID and everything. Um, and then I'm also the immediate past president of CCLVI. So the low vision affiliate um, and I co-chair ACB's employment committee as well. Um, so I really um, appreciate these various roles um, in leadership. Um, I think I have to echo Zelda um, about um, the greatest joy that I, I get out of, you know, these leadership opportunities. I, I get to meet so many wonderful people. And I, I think, you know, not only does it strengthen me as a leader and as a person, but it also just strengthens my spirit, I think. Um, you know, it's, it's really easy to just kind of stay in our own circles, but as a leader, um, you know, it kind of pushes you outside of your circle to work with people that you might not otherwise work with or get to know people you might not otherwise know. And, um, I just, I think that's so valuable. And I think, um, the biggest challenge, uh, I, I think is, is time as well. Um, you know, sometimes volunteering feels like a full-time job, but, um, we all, um, a lot of us have full-time jobs as well. And so I think just the timing um, and it, you have to be a little creative with prioritization. Um, but I think when you can really make um, these, these genuine and authentic relationships, that really, that really helps to um, make this a priority as well. So um, I really appreciate all of my leadership roles as well as the roles that I get to play when I, I just get to listen as well and, and not, not lead. So I, I appreciate all of those aspects. Awesome. And Jason, tell us about, I mean, you're kind of the new person. You're the newest on the block, so to speak, but not new to ACB radio, right? You've been around for a while. Um, I have been volunteering for a while. Um, Began with main menu. Um, I was, as Debbie Hazelton might say, gently drafted uh, to serve on the main (laughs) menu team. (laughs) And that was at the end of 2015. And it kind of branched from there where I began seeing how other aspects work and, you know, help with audio production, 
um, getting some promos made or, or editing other work so that we could get it posted. And then um, in the beginning of this year, I was hired as ACB Radio Technical Managing Director. So I oversee the uh, the technology that runs all of our services and, and make sure that it's running right or if, or if there's some changes, um, you know, with the radio schedule or email or um, list creation or deletion, all those kinds of technical things, um, I get to get my hands dirty and work with it and m- make sure everything keeps working right. Um, email lists, right? E- email lists. E- <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. Why did you bring that up? No. <laughs> uh, well, you, well, I actually said the word, so I'll take credit for it. <laughs> um, um. And, and, you know, that's not even one of the greatest challenges, although I do find that a real pet peeve. It's like, email should just work. Why is this that's a right. problem? And it's been around like a long time, right? This shouldn't be a big deal, been. you know? Yeah, and I, and I totally get that, you know, there, there are so many opportunities for spam and the, the email providers are getting smart or they want to be getting smarter and smarter so that they negate the spam. And so, unfortunately, that sometimes means that legitimate emails get treated as spam. And that is part of what sometimes the problem is when mm-hmm. people aren't receiving their messages. Um, but I think my, my greatest joy has been to see how we can form these teams. Uh, for example, we have an amazing production team and streaming team. And when you first hear about them, it's like, oh yeah, great. Well, we get a team together. Everybody work. But when you actually get to know the people and and everybody's working together and you get these great accomplishments behind you it's like wow we did that it wasn't you know wasn't you know one of us in particular is like we formed a, a yep. unit and we worked together and wow look at this accomplishment and we we get the feedback from listeners um it's really amazing to see that happen um i think convention was my first big wow moment with all of that um it mm-hmm. it was so cool um, and I think probably the biggest challenge for me is that I came from an, uh, I came from a background where I was always working for myself, um, as a musician. And so that meant I said when I was going to work and said when I didn't work and, um, a, working for another now, there there are responsibilities that I don't necessarily have so much say in. And so I will get requests and I will um, see people writing in and say, Oh yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do this. Yeah, sure. I'll help with that or that or that this, this isn't. And before you know it, you get stacked up this crazy amount of stuff that if I had taken a little time to maybe organize a little bit, um, it might be all right, but I'm suddenly feeling overloaded and I'm like, Oh my goodness, what do I do now? And how does this work? And, and I think just the balancing of, of all of that has been my biggest challenge. And, it, and it's changing now. It, it took me, you know, maybe eight or nine months with little inner tantrums and all sorts of things. Finally there. I think I'm finally there. And it, it's, it's wonderful. Well, you know, it is, it, it always seems to be a process, isn't it? When we take on something new and we're, you know, and there's excitement about it, but uh, there's also, you know, we have to grow into that role. Uh, right. Never, never the same 
when we go into it as when we come out of it. And hopefully we're always, you know, we've grown uh, uh, in a in a positive way throughout that that journey, whatever that journey is, whether it's a, a year or, you know, 20, right? Um, yes. So uh, let's see. I'm really curious, especially Sarah, you – you are going to be getting married here soon. Yeah. Uh, I think it's March. Yep, March 27. Mm-hmm. So um, do you guys have a honeymoon already planned? So uh, <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't booked it, but our plan, I mean, COVID is, is making this a little difficult, the whole planning process, yes, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, but our, our plan is to go to Hawaii. Ah, okay. So now my question is, is that your dream vacation or where would your dream vacation be? Like money, no object. Where would you go? We're excited for Hawaii, but I think um, (laughs) we actually have to stay into the, in the country. Uh, My, my fiance is from Brazil. And so there's, there's laws about, you know, all the applications and all that stuff. So no, I think my dream vacation, you know, it's hard. I, I love the big excursions so i my immediate thought of dream vacation is like italy or greece you know something out mediterranean um i i love europe but i've only been to to hungary which i i really appreciated that but um i I think it would be something out in europe but i i also love really simple weekend trips you know cabin in the mountains kinds of things um i just i i i kind i almost value those a little more sometimes because they're a little more relaxed, a little less, oh, I have to go see all these things because I'm here. Um, and I think uh, the more I, I, you know, get so busy and so stressed, the more I value some of that just, you know, relax around beautiful scenery with good company. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a little torn, but I, I love to travel and I cannot wait to get to travel again. When and have you been to Hawaii before? No, neither of us have. So oh, you're going to love it. It's very so beautiful. Excited. Seriously. And, you know, March in Michigan, it's going to be cold for our wedding. So we're, we're hoping for some nice weather. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> for you guys. That's awesome. All right. How about you, troublemaker, Clark? <laughs> From which, which question there, Cindy? Is this uh, the dream Not vacation? about honeymoon, about your dream vacation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew. See? I, yeah. Yeah. Your dream uh, vacation. Dream vacation is yeah. just anywhere new. Yeah. Uh, anywhere so new. My, my wife and I love to travel. Well, that's my answer. Anywhere new. Yeah. I'm, I'm not okay. Um, domestically, <laughs> Yellowstone. I still haven't been to Yellowstone. Okay. So that's at the top of the list. Internationally, uh-huh. probably uh, like Turkey or Jordan, although I, I don't necessarily want to go there tomorrow. Maybe Maybe yeah. wait a few years. See how things shake out, but just uh-huh, think, uh-huh. the history, the culture, the people would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right. A hike would be in there somewhere, right? Like hiking or Oh, something. absolutely. Yeah. Hiking, yeah. sailing. Yeah. yeah okay. Definitely. How about you, Jason? I echo uh, Sarah's sentiment about um, small getaways to the a cabin somewhere, something quiet. But if I were to do a big dream vacation i would love to go to hawaii i've never been and i've just heard so many wonderful things and it should be near the ocean um oh, it just sounds wonderful um water and mm. people and wonderful new things i haven't seen before so oh and the smells are so amazing you guys mm. <sighs> anyway okay uh sorry <laughs> you're <laughs> transporting me <laughs> zelda how about you 
Well, I would like to go to Hawaii too, but the one, <laughs> the place I'd really like to go is Alaska. Um, I really enjoy nature and, and I, you know, seeing living, growing things just kind of recharges my battery and I would just take it all in. I, I really want to go on a cruise to Alaska sometime. Oh, you wow. won't regret on a it. Cruise, yeah. That's mm-hmm. I did that last year. It's great. Yeah, I did that uh, a couple, several years ago. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask a couple of just quick questions. So these are you were not privy to these ones. Just first thing that you think of, um, and so first one, food you hate. What is any food that you just can't stand, Jason? Liver. Sarah. I was, was going to say liver. <laughs> uh, broccoli. It smells so bad. Oh, I can't stand it. Zelda. <laughs> I love broccoli. I was going to say liver. You well, know, you can I still say liver. that if yeah, you don't liver. like it. You don't like it. Liver. All right. Liver. Clark. I'd say lima beans, although if anyone cooks me anything, I'll likely eat it and tell you that it was wonderful. <laughs> All right. Next one. <laughs> um, fast food. Where would you go? Clark. Popeyes. Sarah. Indeed. Uh, Fazoli's Italian. Mm-hmm. Zelda? Right now, fast food isn't my friend because I have to do gluten-free and I I haven't really found a place that um, does fast food gluten-free okay. well. Jason? Starbucks has really good, easily available food that is a little bit healthier. So I tend to go there. Okay. Genre of music you would like to listen to tonight? Uh Sarah? Jazz. Uh, Jason. Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Zelda. Uh-huh. Some just orchestra music. Classical. Clark? Anything with a blues beat to it. All right. Uh, sports team that you follow or pretend to follow. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with you, Zelda. Oh, I've I've been to a lot of sporting events, but it's usually ones that my sons have been playing in. And so right now, nobody's playing in anything that way. Um, uh, my grandkids are, but um, as far as as organized sports, um, the paid ones, um, we watch the Eagles um, because Carson Wentz um, was the quarterback in at, at NDSU in Fargo, and now he's the quarterback at the Eagles. So. That okay. would have to be my guess. Yeah. How about you, Jason? My sport is music. Need I say more? All right. <laughs> Clark? She's um, the professional team would be the Washington football team and, of course, Team USA. All right. Sarah? Uh, so I'm more into college sports, and uh, you can take the girl out of Michigan, but she'll always be a Wolverine. So, all right. <laughs> all right. Okay, and I think I'm going to ask one more. Uh, uh, let's see, which one do I want to go for? Okay, uh, what sport would you most likely take part in, or did you take part in maybe in school? So. Um, and we'll start with you, Sarah. Yeah, uh, I I rode horses. I showed horses. For, oh, cool! I think what nine years? Yeah. Wow. All right, Clark. Just one. <laughs> well, that's not fair. 
Yeah, it um, is. <laughs> I mean, so obviously my background uh, was Paralympic tandem cycling. So I competed for nine years on the, the national team domestically and internationally for Team USA as a tandem cyclist. All right. And Zelda? I did a little track in high school, but... Um, you know, that, that wasn't big in my life. Uh, it was just something to do. Um, right now, it would be um, blind archery. I wow. really get a kick out of that thud, you know, when it hits the target. It's just oh, like very, cool. very, very gratifying. Yeah. All right, Jason? Well, I haven't participated in any competition, but swimming would probably be my sport because I love the water and had lots of exposure to great pools as a child. And uh, my cousins are um, athletic um, um, swimmers. So, All right. Who is your real-life hero and why? I'll go first. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. Zelda, go ahead. My real-life hero is my husband, you know, because um, he's always got a positive attitude. No matter what life throws his way, um, he just picks up, up and, and heads forth in a positive way. And he's taught me to have fun. Um, you know, he's, he's the guy that's always pulling little pranks like cold water in the shower or, you know, things like that. <laughs> and he, he gets me to explore the, the fun part of life. All right. Sarah? Yeah, so when I read that question, I'm not sure in my adult life, but I I do remember um, as a kid being asked to write about my hero, and I wrote about my my theater director growing up, who was also my piano teacher, um, because he um, was very interested in in having me perform in large productions, even though he knew uh, that I was legally blind. And, um, you know, after you know, having me on stage for a long time, he also started opening up opportunities for, uh, for youth with, um, with cognitive disabilities as well. Um, and, and just making everyone have a place on stage, which I, I think was just such a, um, an example of inclusion, um, in, in such a powerful way. Um, and so I, I was in 12 theater productions with him growing up and I studied piano with him for nine years and, um, just, I, I think that perspective of looking at everyone's abilities um, rather than disabilities was very powerful for me. Awesome. All right, gentlemen, which one of you want to go next? Uh, I'll go, and I will say my godmother. Um, so she did not come from a privileged background, but worked hard, um, did not know the meaning of giving up. She and her twin sister went on to be um, very successful, not only in their careers, but in their personal lives. Uh, She's no nonsense. Uh, We threaten the dogs every day that we're going to send them to Marion Becton's boot camp so that they'll, (laughs) you know, shape up and know how to act properly in public. Um, So, yeah, I'd say my godmother. All right. And Jason? I'm going to pass on this one. I have no idea at this point. Okay. That's all right. So uh, can you think, this was not on your questions that I gave you in advance, So, uh, but think about a moment where you had to advocate for yourself. 
can you share about it and maybe what the outcome was? Anybody want to jump in? A moment where you had to advocate for yourself. Yeah, I can go first. Okay. Um, so with my visual condition, I really didn't start to, well, <laughs> I started using a cane when I was in, in college, um, like my junior year of college. And I probably should have committed to using a cane much sooner. Uh, but my junior year of college, I studied abroad to Australia, um, to the Australian National University. And that's really where I committed to using a cane and just being like, you know, Clark, who's blind, who uses a cane. Um, but that it forced me to accept my, you know, who I was, what my vision was. Um, but it, it also gave me that clean break from the expectations and the, the life that I had made. Um, so being in that position, having to advocate for myself, it also gave me the opportunity to see that people would accept me for who I was. Mm, I love it. All right. Anybody else want to share? Yeah, this is Sarah kind of, you know, going off of that, I think, um, and I'm thinking more, more broadly advocating for myself um, as someone with sort of an invisible disability. I, you know, I don't, I don't look blind and um, you know, I didn't always have a guide dog and I, I didn't even use my cane that much before I had my dog. And now, you know, when I'm out with, you know, my fiance or, you know, someone who can help me when I need it, but you know, not when I don't, um, I think, um, there are a lot of challenges in overcoming that that people don't necessarily understand um, degrees of blindness like they do maybe other disabilities mm-hmm. and just, um, well, well, why did you have a dog yesterday, but now you're in this totally different environment and you are holding on to someone's arm? How can you do that? You know, just like uh, just overcoming some of those um, just it just, it's, it's mostly ignorance. It's not necessarily, you know, bad intentions or anything like that. But um, I think that invisible disability thing is, is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Very good. Good perspective there. Zelda or Cindy, I, yeah. I would share, um, you know, at church, our choir director asked me to sing in the choir and, and um, I didn't know, you know, I love to sing. I love to harmonize. Um, I, I wanted to sing, but yet I wanted her to know that it was going to be difficult for me to do that. So I just said to her, I says, well, what do you want me to sing the words right or get the notes right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so from that, we, we moved on to um, the fact that if she gave me the CD with, um, with the alto part on it and um, I could practice ahead of time. I could be successful at at you know um, singing my part and singing singing with the notes and the words um, the way I should. And she was amazed um, that you know the the next time that we had choir practice and I could confidently sing my part. And it was just so much fun um, to do that um, when she met me halfway and and gave me what I needed to be successful so mm, and so empowering for you right yes, I mean, yeah yes, definitely yeah yeah that's awesome Jason do you have one yes um when I first went to a convention it was for the other organization <laughs> and I was 12 and I 
to that point, hadn't been very far from home except with family. And this was my first venture with friends and not with family. And so this was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they weren't going to hold my hands like my mom and dad might have. And I was encouraged to explore and get around the hotel and, and take a shuttle to get from one hotel to the other. And to me, that was pretty scary. And I didn't know what to do. And, and she said, you have a mouth. You ask questions, one of my friends was saying. And, and you can talk to people and, and get assistance. And that's what really taught me to uh, speak out if I need help and and um, um, have that faith in myself that I can do that. And, and, and I, I was totally impressed. I could take the shuttle and ended up where I was supposed to be and um, get around a convention, you know, the uh, exhibit hall and um, just make my way and, and talk to people. And at one point I got lost and I was like panicking, but I was able to talk with the right people and get my way back to where I needed to be. So for a 12-year-old, that was pretty amazing. That's a, it is amazing. And what I'm hearing is that advocacy can be so empowering. That's, yes. that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. All right, last question. We're going to have to be quick. One fun fact about you, Zelda. <laughs> I've thought about that, and, and I, I guess I'm not a whole lot of fun. But uh, one fun fact about me um, w- as I mentioned before, we have adult summer camp and we have a talent show. And uh, other than playing in the, in the band there, I play French horn. Um, I really wasn't offering much talent up. And so I, uh, I talked to a friend of mine into doing a Martha and Maxine skit uh, where I would be Martha Stewart and she would be Maxine, the shoebox lady. All right, and, and that became very popular, <laughs> and we did that for quite a number of years. But okay, it's, it's really fun to to put on that hat. But don't tell Martha Stewart that I. Okay, we in. won't. We have a minute and a half left, Clark. One fun fact about you: In a previous life, I was a competitive tandem cyclist, and I still have a slightly competitive streak. Really, I'm not surprised, Sarah. Sorry. Um, my fun fact is that when I was 14, I was chosen to sing at Carnegie Hall. Wow. 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 And Jason. When I was a kid, I would start to jump around when I got excited, and I have not outgrown that habit. <laughs> you just seem like you might. I, I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys, this has been so much fun. Thank you for taking time out of your evening to be with me. I appreciate it so much. And thank you to all of our listeners for taking time out of your evening to be with us as well. And this was our opportunity to be able to share and learn a little bit about four very special people who play active roles in moving ACB forward. We appreciate the four of you and thank all of you for being a part of ACB in Action, where the heart and soul of ACB shines. Have a good evening and see you next time. Thanks, Cindy.